Dior Talks. Hello, I'm Justine Picardy, and I'm here to welcome you to episode four of Mes Cheries, the podcast series about the women of Christian Dior. This was recorded last year at the V&A Museum in London when I was talking to Aurel Cullen, who curated the wonderful exhibition Dior, Designer of Dreams. At the time, I was editor-in-chief of Harper's Bazaar, and in this episode, we talk about a number of very important women in Dior's life. Firstly, the models who worked for him in Paris at the House of Dior. Secondly, the couture clients, including Princess Margaret. Thirdly, the influential editors who supported and encouraged him. Bettina Ballard, the fashion editor of Vogue, who was based in Paris, and Carmel Snow, the all-powerful editor-in-chief of Harper's Bazaar, who came up with the phrase, the new look for Dior's debut collection in 1947. We're just going to have a quick look at some of the models um, because, of course, the title of this talk is Mes Cheries and, and he referred to his models as such, or Mes Enfants. And um, this is the cabine in the House of Dior, which actually, amazingly, um, still stands today behind a door in the Avenue Montaigne, this original um, dressing table. And it's a tiny little space, and it actually has a mezzanine level with a ladder-type staircase so that the dressers could lower the ball gowns onto the heads of the, over the heads of the, the models. So they're really crammed in. And don't you think, um, Aurel, that every great fashion house has a place where ghosts are and for me this is it's Le Cabine at 30 Avenue Montaigne absolutely and there's a very and above this mirror is a stopped clock yes. 1940s clock just sitting there it's so atmospheric and time has stood still mm-hmm. in Le Cabine mm-hmm. so um, here are two of Dior's um, models, Alla, um, here, who was uh, very important at the house and stayed on for a long time into Marc Bohan's tenure. Um, and, and she's very recognisable in a lot of his shows. And also René here, who was supposed to have been his favourite model. They all thought they were his favourite, though, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> so, and we've been very fortunate to, um, to discuss some of his models, Svetlana Lloyd, um, and Odile Kern, who, who've um, you know uh, been fantastically generous with their time, and we've been putting together the exhibition. Um, and of course, when you worked at the House of Dior, you were exclusive to the House of Dior. Um, and Dior was interesting in choosing his models because I think Svetlana <laughs> very very openly said that oh he was looking at the figures, not the faces. But they were all very glamorous women, and all sort of slightly different um, in terms of proportion. So his idea was that he was representing the different clientele. So when you sat in the salon, you could see the model that was right for you in an idealized version. Um, and that was very much how Yeah, but some were very tall, some were curvier, yes. some were shorter. They had different kinds of faces. You know, Victoire um, was sort of sexier. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and so there's a... Um, Lovely story of Jean Dornay, British model, who um, had done very well in England and decided she was going to go and conquer Paris. And she went over and was offered um, three three of the couture houses um, in late 1949, offered her um, jobs, Jacques Fat, Maggie Ruth, uh, uh, Maggie Ruth and uh, Christian Dior. And Dior was, was offering to pay the least, but she said she had to go with Dior for the prestige. 
Um, and so she was at the house. She started in early 1950 and came back to Britain for Dior's first show, which was held in the Savoy in April 1950. And Dior actually writes about her in his autobiography and said that he hired her for her essential Englishness because he had this very romantic view. He loved the English, the British, in fact. He came to this country in the 1920s um, and, you know, travelled widely and saw it as a period of great freedom <clears throat> and said, you know, he loved Britain so much he even loved English food, <laughs> which for a Frenchman, you know... Um, I was lucky enough to interview um, and speak to Jean before she died and she became, went on to become Princess Galitzine and of course you know this was a time when if you were a Paris model I mean you know people think that the rise of the supermodel really came in the 80s and 90s but these there were supermodels mm -hmm. and they married princes and mm -hmm. you know very rich men sometimes mm -hmm. and 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 Jean was fabulous in every possible mm. way. <laughs> and if you do see the show, that, that suit was very generously donated to us by her daughter, Katja. And we have a lovely film um, online with some more information about Jean um, Katja speaking. So looking very briefly uh, at clients, of course, we've just... Princess spoken. Margaret. Yeah, Princess Margaret. So Dior is a very romantic view of Britain and the idea of the aristocracy and royalty really is something that appeals to him and he's delighted um, when Princess Margaret, at the age of 18, she first visits his salon and orders her first dress from Dior. And I think that it's really important, that Savoy show in 1950, mm. that then... Um, the royal family are as obsessed with Dior as everybody else is. And so a special secret show is organized for um, the, the queen, um, who became the queen mother, but um, was the queen's, you know, mother. So that then Queen Elizabeth and Princess Margaret um, and various other princesses went to see this show at um, the French Embassy and were absolutely, you know, blown away and seduced by the beauty of Dior. Um, I've got a little personal note to add to this story. So this picture was taken at the Blenheim Palace show in 1914. 54 and um, I was looking through the Dior archives some years ago and that lady on the left you can't see very well there but she appeared in various other pictures um, from this Dior show and I looked there's one picture where she's staring straight at me and I took the picture home um, and showed it to my husband and I said is this who I think it is? And he said, yes, it's my mother. Um, <laughs> I sadly n never met her, um, but she was a member of the English aristocracy. Her name was Lady Irene Astor. She loved Dior Couture. Like the um, Duchess of Marlborough, she'd been very involved with the Red Cross um, during the Second World War. She'd been involved with the war effort. And, you know, that love... What to me is so interesting is, is the love affair between the British and Dior. You know, Dior loved the British, but the British also loved Dior. And there was this idea that, I mean, Nancy Mitford, you know, adored Dior. Um, but, you know, my mother-in-law, who I never met, um, that, that she could 
there are moments, you know, in, in time and history, and or- I know with Oriel, I know when she really loves a dress, when she's talking to me about a dress, when she calls her she, and then I know she really loves that dress. Um, and for me, as somebody, you know, who is interested in the history of fashion, but the way that fashion can tell us about it, the intersection with, you know, the wider culture, with politics, with, with war, but also our own personal stories, and I have to say the moment when I saw this, you know, the woman I never met, my my husband's mother staring at me out of a picture in the Dior archives was very magical. Um, so we're just going to look at two um, personalities, two last ladies uh, who were very important to Dior. Yes, and, they, and, and to us. Yes, uh, fashion editors. Um, and the first one I'm going to speak about um, is just here in the Czech jacket, Bettina Ballard. Um, she began a job at American Vogue in 1934, and a year later she was sent to Paris as a sort of Paris correspondent. Um, she knew no one, but very quickly sort of became friendly with Christian. Jean Berard, the artist, who was a very good friend of Dior's, and, and, and very soon was sort of drawn into the fashion world and very well connected. Um, and she first came across Dior when he was at the house of Lucien Lelong, and Lelong brought her in and said, you really need to know about this young designer, he's quite exciting. Um, and she then orders a, a dress designed by Dior. Um, this is just immediately post-war, it's a long satin skirt and a a chiffon mauve blouse, and turns up in London at the 400 Club, very excited in her new cocktail wear. And she said she noticing, she's noticing ladies sort of trailing in in pre-war chiffons and things. And she stopped at the door and she's told you can't come in because you're not properly dressed. <laughs> And so, you know, she's horrified. But her she was with of, a grenadier guard as exactly, well, I think. Yes. You know, she was with an officer of the... Absolutely. <laughs> so this who was outraged on yeah, her behalf. Scandal in the newspapers. So, so she sort of, you know, like Carmel Snow, who we'll see in a moment very early on, was sort of wise to Dior and, and became very friendly with him. And actually they shared a love of food. And then yes. in her autobiography, she talks about him coming over for... He used to get so excited because she had a wonderful cook. And she said she remembered him kissing her cook and saying, I must make you a dress. This is yes. fabulous. So, um, so she's sort of very important in, in the story of Dior. But over to me. Yes. So on the other side um, is Carmel Snow, the legendary editor of Harper's Bazaar. Um, and, you know, I am privileged to, to follow in her footsteps. She really invented the kind of modern idea of what Harper's Bazaar is. And um, she presided over a kind of extraordinary golden era of Bazaar. She hired Diana Vreeland. She gave Diana Vreeland her first job as fashion editor. She hired Alexei Brodovich, who was this genius, um, crazy Russian emigre who became um, Bazaar's art director. And she was a, a brilliant talent spotter. And she spotted... Dior, um, even before he was at Le Long, so even before the war when he was at Robert Piguet, and um, there is a, a piece in Harper's Bazaar um, in our archives where she she says, you know, in her Paris fashion report, there's a, a really interesting young man at, at the house of Piguet, and his name is Christian Dior. Um, she also gave him great encouragement as a fashion illustrator, and sadly, um, 
fashion illustrations at, in the 30s at Bazaar were not signed, so we haven't been able to find any of Dior's and knowingly say they are definitely Dior. But she really encouraged him um, at Piguet and at Le Long. She was the last woman um, from the fashion corps, and indeed, you know, from amongst journalists, to leave Paris after war broke out. And she wrote a wonderfully haunting piece for Harper's Bazaar about staying in Paris after war had broke out and when the streets were deserted and people had fled. And she was the first to return to Paris after the liberation. And it took her three weeks to get back to Paris. She had to sort of fly, you know, via Africa. And, and she came back for the first couture collections after the liberation of Paris. So she, of course, was sitting front row at Dior's launch collection um, in February 1947. And it was a wonderful triumph. And at the end, she said, ah, oh, Christian, it's such a, you know, it's a triumph. It's such a new look. And so it became known as the new look collection as we discussed at the very beginning the new look in fact has its roots in a very old look which is the nostalgia of the Belle Epoque but it took Carmel Snow to launch it you know as being the new look <laughs> and she remains a, a very very loyal supporter of his as did the wonderful Bettina Ballard. I love the picture of the two of them together because people always think that editors hate each other. In fact, they don't. <laughs> and this is Carmel Snow with the brilliant Richard Avedon, the young Richard Avedon, the greatest fashion photographer, some would say, of all time. And his career was launched by Harper's Bazaar. He started working for Bazaar during the war and then Carmel Snow took him to Paris and he photographed so many of Dior's collections and when I see the two of them sitting together there you know this young young photographer and the grand dame um, you know she launched him in the same way that she really launched Dior mm -hmm. 